It's Friday night and the mood is right. Gonna have some fun, show you how it's done, DGIF. Alright, welcome to week 108 of the Two Guys in the Fridays podcast. My name is Steven, that over there is Travis. Are you in Vegas right now? Uh, technically, or like when this airs, or what? When this airs. No, I'm not Are in you... Vegas right now. Uh, when this airs, I will be in Vegas. Sweet. Yeah. I'm Are you going to go to any TGIF places? What is there? I mean, if I, you tell me TGIF places to go in Vegas, I will go. Well, I mean, that's where like that's where Becky and Jesse got married. So maybe oh, the and, chapel. Oh, uh, and where did uh, Joey perform in Vegas, too? Yeah, somewhere. I don't know. I think it was the Monte Carlo, and I don't think it's there anymore. I would be surprised if any of the places that they went to are still there. So I'm pretty sure the Monte Carlo is where Jesse or Joey performed, and the Monte Carlo is now the new MGM casino that they purchased. The, okay, maybe. MGM something. Like, there's another new MGM. I forget what it's called, but yeah. I also saw, you know, unrelated, but Vegas related, MGM is looking to purchase the Cosmopolitan Hotel now. Ooh, that sounds expensive. Yeah, I'm sure. That's like it one is. of the nicer ho- that's like one of the nicer hotels on the strip. Yeah, I mean Cosmo right? and Aria are like the two nice Aria, ones yeah. kind of new, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I am looking forward to uh I probably've already gone at this point, but uh Secret Pizza. Did I tell you about that yet? No, that sounds fun. I like things that have secret and pizza in it. Yeah, the so there is a Secret Pizza place. That's not even the official name of the place. It just has kind of become the name of the place, but there's a place called Secret Pizza on the 3rd floor of the Cosmo. And uh, it has no sign on the door. It's like a speakeasy pizza place. Like, you just kind of have to know what door okay. to go in. You go down this long hallway, and then you just end up in this, like, pizza by the slice type place. And it's open to, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. Sounds awesome. Yeah. So that's, uh, I think we're going to plan on doing that two days ago. <laughs> Let me know how it was in the future past. Yeah, we will do. Hey, uh, welcome to the podcast. Um we're here to talk about TGIF. Uh, if you, TGIF. If you listen last week, we don't have a normal week this week. Uh, this week, we are going to be watching the uh, Family Matters step-by-step episodes that would have aired when, Travis? Am I putting you on the spot, or you have that date ready to go? October... I've been talking about Vegas. October 11th, All right. 1991. So October 11th, those two episodes would have aired. Uh, reruns... Or no, not reruns, right? Just no not episode reruns. of Perfect Strangers or Baby Talk because of the Clarence Thomas trials. But we are deciding hearings, not hearings, hearings, hearings. Um, We did decide that we are going to watch an old episode of Dinosaurs, though. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to try to get more caught up on dinosaurs. So. uh, So, yeah. So that hour that they devoted to Thomas Clarence uh, confirmation hearings. Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas. Thanks. Confirmation hearings. um, We'll talk about dinosaurs. Uh, Good, because that would have been real boring, I think. I mean, I don't know. That was that was a pretty pretty uh nail-biting confirmation hearing i've left it out i've left it out of like every news article like when we do the news at the beginning of the episodes i'm like i'm not do you know i mean so you know what happened though right um is it the the woman who was in the trial with mike tyson accused him of like doing stuff i don't know if that was the same person or not but it was anita hill anita hill was the woman who accused clarence thomas of of um you know like uh, my my mind is like blanking on the term. Um, like he probably would have just gotten canceled. Like if this was now. Although we just, I mean, this is the ex- almost exactly the same situation as Brett Kavanaugh, and that didn't. He is now a Supreme Court justice as well. So I wouldn't say I would say that yeah, he maybe would not. not have gotten canceled. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. That was going anyway, on. We didn't watch that. Instead, uh, I have other news articles to talk about. Well, just one really. 
So okay. it's not the happiest one either. Um, October 10th, 1991. Um, one of the events that led up to the uh, phrase going postal. Oh. So there was a big uh, post office shooting that happened on October the 10th, 1991. Now, what I found is that the first time that that term was ever used was like in 1993. And there were a series of um, post office shootings that happened from like 1970 to 1993. Two of them that happened in 1993, but uh, two also happened within a month of each other in 1991. Uh, this one was uh, in Ridgewood, New Jersey, and uh, a former U.S. postal worker uh, killed his supervisor, her boyfriend, another guy, um, at home with a katana, and then the following morning, um, he shot uh, and killed two mail handlers, and uh, yeah, it was just kind of a crazy morning, or two nights of events, I guess. Yeah, that sounds wild. So that happened in October, uh, October 10th, 1991. And then uh, we might be talking again about a very similar situation uh, next month as well. I mean, I don't know what to say. That's that's pretty awful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's what I decided to pull this week as far as stories go. Cool. I mean, good it, times. It was either that or the U.S. cutting all of its foreign aid to Haiti, one or the other. And I went with that one. Well, that hasn't turned out very well either. So, yeah, you didn't have a whole lot of options there. Um, what about movies and music? Any changes this week? Yeah, so new song, uh, really uplifting song, positive song, "Good Vibrations" by Marky Mark and the Funky nice. Bunch. I like so it. I, you know, that's a classic. It's a it's a summer summer classic. Um, movie is still the same movie, The Fisher King, which is a great movie. Again, liked it, enjoyed it. Robin Williams, Jeff Bridges, Terry Gilliam directed. It. It's a good movie. Cool. Uh, any birthdays this week? We do have one birthday. Uh, Steve, you know, friend of the show, Scott Winger. Uh, so happy birthday, Scott. His birthday was Tuesday the 5th. Uh, yeah, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Um, yeah, so that's it, I guess, right? Uh, oh, no, thanks, yeah. to, uh, thanks to Nicole for the theme song this week. Oh, yeah, thanks, Nicole. That was great. We really appreciate it. And uh, TGIF cast on all social media if you're not following us. Go ahead and do that now to get all the updates. And all the YouTubes. And the YouTubes and the emails. And this is Family Matters. Season three, episode four. The name of the episode is Words Hurt, which uh, I feel like is a theme throughout this whole show with Steve Urkel. Like someone's always saying something to Urkel and he's feeling upset about it. But we'll see what happens. Maybe it's not this well, episode. And they say pretty mean things about him. So he is kind of a he's kind of justified in his in his being hurtness. Yeah. Um Family Matters has like gotten this trend of like these really long openings now before the theme, and uh, this one is a classic for sure. This is good. This is a really good one. So Carl and Harriet um, are asleep in their bed. We see the window open, and uh, we then see. Or wait, no, no, no. no yeah, Steve comes straight through the door, right? He comes through the door. I think this is the first time we've seen their bedroom, but yeah, he walks in their bedroom door. Walks in, he's like in his nightgown and I think like in his like little sleeping hat too. Yeah, he's got a newspaper in his hand. He walks over and just smacks Carl in the head with it. <laughs> smacks him in the head. Wakes him up. He hits him again, and then he just sleepwalks right out of the room. That's what happens. Um, Carl tries to wake up Harriet, um, who uh, tells him no, not tonight. It's a week night, and it's uh, a week night. Falls back asleep and uh, he, well, he tells her what had happened with Steve coming in. 
She tells him, go back to sleep, uh, which he does. We jump a little later. Um, well, Carl, like, before he goes back to bed, he blocks the door with a chair to make sure that he doesn't sleepwalk in there again. And then we skip a little later, where now we see a ladder coming up to the window, and Steve Urkel somehow sleepwalk ladder climbs up the window, up the ladder, into the window, comes in again. Um, I think uh, either Carl's already awake, or he wakes up before he gets to hit him again, but uh, Carl wakes up Harriet, and uh, Steve sleepwalks over to him, hits him a couple more times with with the newspaper, and then sleepwalks right out of the room. Well, there's another part to this that's really funny because because uh, Carl takes the paper out of his hand and then Urkel reaches into his, his nightgown and pulls out another paper and continues <laughs> to hit him. Um, Carl tries to stop him before he leaves, but um, like just continues to hit Carl a couple more times with the paper, which ends up ending this scene. Yeah, exactly. So we get a theme, yeah, theme song afterwards. We're now uh, breakfast time. It's the next morning. Uh, the whole family is at the table. Steve comes in carrying a newspaper, which uh, <laughs> immediately scares Carl because he's worried that he's sleepwalking again and is going to hit him. And uh, Harriet actually is the one to tell Steve what happened the night before. Um, Steve doesn't believe it, though. He's like, there's no way that I could have sleepwalked and came in there and hit Carl like this and then like ends up hitting Carl again like while he's <laughs> awake. And yeah. uh, Steve thinks, uh, you know what? I probably need some professional help and apologizes to Carl about the uh, the whole sleepwalking newspaper hitting converse- or, uh, situation. Yeah, he goes right to let me get the doctor in on this. Um, so we go a few days later um, where we find out Steve is in the kitchen. Uh, he's getting hypnotized and uh, the rest of the family is wondering what's taking so long. What's going on with this uh, hypnotist? And then Steve and the doctor come out and Steve is like now become... <laughs> Um, a therapist and is talking to the doctor. Like they, yeah. didn't, they didn't even start the hypnotizing part yet. So, uh, yeah, Steve doesn't believe that he can be hypnotized at this point. The doctor tells him, "Well, you know what? Um, it's actually easier to hypnotize uh, people that are very smart." And then almost immediately puts uh, Steve under a hypnosis uh, spell. Or yeah, something. all the doctor has to do is drop the drop the um, the watch. pocket watch, and and Urkel is out. Um, so the doctor has like all of the family kind of say hello to Steve one by one, like Estelle starts and she says, Oh, hello, sweet Steve or something like that. And then like, eventually it's Carl's turn to say hello. And uh, uh, right after he does, (laughs) Steve just like growls at Carl. Well, the other part of this too, is that as the other family members are saying hello, Steve is like, Oh, Hey, hey, you're so not, you're the best. You're Rachel. You're the most beautiful boss a person could have like saying really nice things about all the other members. And then yes, he growls. He starts growling at Carl. Hey, let me ask you this. Cause we've talked about this before. So you've been hypnotized. Are you, you, you claim that you've been hypnotized. No, a hundred percent. I have. And And now I know it's because I'm so smart. Because you're so smart. Of course. What was like? What was the trigger? Like, what did they? How did he put you under? Um, you know, so what do I remember? So it started off with like, I don't know. There was like two hundred people like in the crowd, and he like did mm-hmm. something to like find out who could be hypnotized, and then he called like ten people on stage to come sit up on stage at that point. Like, I don't remember what it was. Like raising your hands and then like dropping them, and like he could tell like who could easily be hypnotized or something. So then, okay. I, then I remember him calling everyone up on stage. We all sat down like in chairs on stage. And then I, I honestly don't remember any of that part. You don't remember like what he did to put you under I it don't. All. No, I don't. Wow. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, where are we at here now? So, so, so he's growling at Carl, and what we find out is Urkel says that he's he is still hypnotized. He says Carl said that Carl hates or hates, hates him and wants him to move away and never come back. And Carl, like the look on Carl's face, is not one of like, no, I didn't say that, or I don't know. He he's very he has a very guilty looking face on and kind of goes and like cowers over by the by the fireplace to to avoid further conversation. Yeah, and the doctor tells Carl that uh, people really don't lie while they're being hypnotized, and uh, he tells Steve, while he's still hypnotized, that he wants Steve to go back in time. And uh, funny scene here, like it, like Steve goes back too far. He goes all <laughs> the way back to his birth with his dad trying to push him back in. Is what he this said. is hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like he's like doing the whole motions too. Like he's like... He's like, hey, put it back in, put it back in. And he's like making the motions like he's being pushed back into his mom. It's it's hilarious. Yeah. It's funny. So then the doctor's like, no, go back in time where you last felt angry with Carl. And uh, then we get like a flashback scene where uh, we're going right before the uh, the costume party. So yeah. we jump back. Uh, we're now in this scene of this flashback where Laura is getting fitted in a dress and Carl um, is working on his model boat and he's just finishing it up. Uh, Rachel, or no, Richie and Judy, um, they are at the back door. They open it up and they introduce Steve who comes in in full night gear, riding a little miniature horse into the kitchen and uh, comes in. The horse comes in as well into the kitchen. He ends up like falling off of the horse and uh, Laura tells Steve that uh, she is not going to the party with him. And I think it's important to note that the ship involved that Carl is finishing up is, a, is this like really intricate model of a clipper ship that's taken him, I think he said four months to complete. And it, I mean, it's it's a really nice looking model. So obviously he's put a lot of time and care into that. Yeah. And like there's some small, like not very important conversation here about like the costume party and stuff. And eventually Steve yeah. goes to leave. He goes to pick up his like lance that has a carrot on the end of it that uh, he was using to walk the horse. And as he does it, he knocks over the ship onto the floor, which looks like it might survive for the most part. But not only does he knock it over, he then falls on top of it, gets back up, stomps on it a few times accidentally, and <laughs> completely destroys this boat that uh, he's been working four months on. Yeah, and... Carl is crushed. He's he's like so mad he can't even say anything. And so he tells Urkel, he says, look, I'm too mad. You need to leave because you've got to go now. And so Urkel walks out, walks out the back door. Yeah. And as he walks out, like uh, he starts to talk, I think, to Harriet or somebody. And uh, Steve had come back for something and he hears Carl say, uh, you know, I hate that kid. I wish he would move away and never come back. And we know that's what he said earlier, that that was the yep. trigger that has now made Steve feel this way towards Carl. I have to sleepwalk and beat him up on the newspaper. Yeah. Um, so then we go back to current time. Um, Carl is trying to defend himself about what he said and everything. And the whole family's mad at Carl for saying it. Um, they, I wrote Carl wakes up Steve, but I'm sure the doctor did, right? I would assume, but uh, yeah, I don't know. No, I think actually Rachel does because um, the doctor was had to snap to wake him up, and he right. couldn't. Sna- yeah. The doctor couldn't snap, and Rachel was sitting right there, and she, I believe it was Rachel that yeah, snaps yeah. and, and that, wakes I her that. up. Yeah. yeah. Um. So the doctor asks Steve if he remembers what Carl said, and uh, Steve does, 
and he doesn't say it, but you can tell because he gets real sad and then walks out of the house and um he's i think he says like i most certainly do and then uh yeah everyone's kind of sad at the end of that scene well so the and that's when the the rest of the family just walks out of the den because they're they're just really mad at carl and the doctor says the doctor won't even take carl's money because he he's just he's like i don't want your dirty money yeah So, uh, yeah, after the scene with uh, Carl and the doctor, um, we go to a scene where Carl is getting off of the phone with Steve. He actually wants Steve to come over so he can apologize face-to-face to Steve. Steve comes over, and he's actually brought a uh, polygraph lie detector with him, like on a cart like you would see from like the first <laughs> Ghostbusters movie. And- I was really curious as to what that was going to be, because he just pushes it in, and you don't know what it is. It's just this, like, big box contraption. Yep. And uh, he hooks up Carl to it, and uh, he tells him that not only is this a polygraph machine, but it'll actually uh, shock you if you lie. And that also made me think of Ghostbusters, because isn't that what uh, what he did in the beginning? Like, any time, like, it wasn't like, he was like, remember the, the shapes? And he's like, what shape am I thinking of? And like, it would shock him anytime they got it wrong. I don't, but no. I believe you. I mean, I, it's I, don't, Bill, I don't. It's Bill Murray and like a girl in the library or something or in his office. <laughs> And, like, he's trying to, like, figure out if they have, like, psychic ability or something. Yeah, yeah. I remember that part. I don't remember the, the, the shocking part. part. But but that it very well could have been. Yeah, I, I'm anytime, not saying wrong, anytime they just, didn't get the right remember. shape, it would shock him. And it was, like, some, okay. some okay. test he was doing. Not important. Just looked like the same machine, machine to me. But, sure. uh, yeah. Uh, so, Steve tells him, anytime you lie, this machine's going to shock you. And uh, Steve starts the test. And the biggest take that I had here is that Carl's 38 years old. I thought he was much older. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's the immediate takeaway because Carl lies about his age, says he's 35, he gets shocked. We find out he's 38. I agree with you. This is one of those things where I think now we look back and we at people 30 years ago when they all look way older than they actually are. Because yeah. I would have thought he was like 45. I'm like, man, yeah. I look great for 38 if Carl's 38. I know, I'm 30, <laughs> I'm 39 and I look like I'm half the age of Carl. So, yeah, we find that out. And then uh, Steve asks, starts asking some questions like that he wants answers to um, to Carl. First, I don't know if this is the first question or not, but he says, do you hate me? Carl says, no, there's no shock, which Mm. confuses Steve at that point. Like, he thinks that he does hate him, but we know that he does not. And uh, Carl does actually care about Steve. And Carl tells Steve that um, what he said, he said out of anger, and he apologizes once again to Steve for the whole situation about what happened with the ship. Yeah, yeah. The other question that he gets asked, too, in the middle of that, he's he asks if he likes Steve a lot and Carl says yes and gets shocked, which obviously means that he doesn't like Steve a lot, but he does care about Steve, which yeah. is what you said. And, uh, he tells Steve stories about like when he was a kid, like he got picked on all the time cause he was fat and, uh, Steve ends up accepting his apology. The two of them hug, but before Carl takes off the, uh, lie detector machine, the polygraph, <laughs> um, Harriet does step over to, uh, get a couple questions out. And she asks him, uh, how many women was he serious with before her? And uh, he says, uh, three, and then it shocks him. And then he says, 12, and then it shocks him. And then, uh, oh, and then uh, Steve yells, tell her the truth, Carl. And then that's the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, because he started, what happens, Steve is trying to take the, the things off of him while Carl continues to lie. So he's getting shocked with Carl every time he says oh, a different yeah, number. That's right. Yeah. So that's uh, Family Matters for this week. We yeah. didn't go into the uh, end of that show the end of that episode reminded me a lot of the end of last week's episode where he last week he had a heart-to-heart with with laura where laura was like look mm-hmm. 
I don't love you, but I, I, you know, you're important to me and, and, and I might not always like you, but you are important. And same here with Carl, whereas, you know, you're not like, I'm not going to like choose to be best friends with you, but, but I do care about you. Yeah. And maybe, I don't know, maybe this will start kind of like shaping uh, Steve's uh, expectations a little bit for like the Winslow family. Like he knows that they care about him, but he also knows like he's not going to be like Laura's husband and it's not going to be like best friends with all of them, but they do care about him a whole lot. I also think that Carl and Laura aren't being completely honest with themselves with themselves. I mean, I think that they much more than just care about Urkel. I think that he's a very polygraph never lies. Well, you're right. But I think, I think, I think that he's much more important to their lives than just the neighbor they care about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right, so step-by-step step, season one, episode four. It's where we're at now. First anniversary is the name of the episode. And, uh, I mean, we're four weeks in. We know that this is, like, a month, probably, of them dating. So right. it starts off, um, Frank is on the couch, and he's just uh, reading Garfield and laughing at every one of the three images on the page, I guess. Have you ever laughed at a Garfield comic in your Out life? Loud? Out loud? Out loud. No. Or, or internally. Have you ever like internally chuckled at a I mean, of Garfield course, comic? I have found things amusing from a Garfield comic. I've never, I don't, I mean, not that I remember, have laughed out loud. It's also been probably 30, 30 years since, 30 years since you've read a Garfield yeah. comic. Yeah. Um, what about you? Like, can you remember a Garfield comic? No, I feel like that was one of those comics that I just stopped reading at some point because I, it was not, oh. I just didn't, like, what's the point? This is stupid. That was, this an, cat likes. that was an always read for me, like every day kind of thing. Yeah, no, I mean, there were other comics I was definitely into, but but Garfield was not one of them. You were definitely a Farside guy. Loved Farside. I Calvin loved and Calvin and Hobbes. Yep. And I, I still read, I still read uh, Peanuts almost every day. Oh. Like, I've got, I've got the, I like, I'm going through all the books because they had like all 50 years. They like put, put into books and I'm up to almost the end. I think I'm in 95. Wow. So I'm working through all the Peanuts, but. Is there a lot of text on Peanuts or is it like Garfield? No. It's like four words. No. Yeah, it's much, it's cl- much closer to Garfield. Okay. All right, first anniversary. So Frank's watching or reading Garfield, laughing. Dana's making fun of him for laughing at Garfield. And then JT comes in. And uh, at first he says, hey, Cody's going to be here tomorrow. And uh, we find out Cody is JT's cousin. He is going to be staying for the weekend, not in the house, just in his van in the driveway. And uh, JT ends up going over and laughing at Garfield with Frank. So that's the end of the episode. The big take here, though, is that Cody is coming who ends up being a huge role in the show. And yeah, he comes way earlier than I had remembered him coming. I had no, I really was surprised at this because I, I like you, I thought he came in much later and maybe, and I don't know, maybe he's just kind of here for an episode or two and then leaves and comes back yeah, in a more permanent basis later. But I, I really thought that he didn't show up until a couple of seasons into the show. Yeah. Cause I mean, we know, I mean, I remember that he is on the opening credits at some point. Like, I don't know. If he, I mean, yeah, he's a main character. He's one of the main characters. Yeah. Or what? But I mean, maybe, yeah, we'll find out. So after the theme song, we come back to Carol. Um, she's singing and I thought she was making cookies at first, but we yeah, find out she's right? not making cookies. She's like making like Mexican food or something. Oh, I still thought they were cookies. Yeah, so Al, Brendan, and uh, I think Mark. And Mark, yeah, they walk in on yeah. her like singing and dancing while she's cooking. Um, and Al is quizzing Mark on baseball facts. Like somehow this kid has like knowledge of everything that's ever happened in the sport of baseball. Yeah, Brendan or Mark knows everything, and Brendan and Al are just putting him to the test. Yeah, they've got like a book. Like it reminds me of like the Back to the Future, like sports almanac right, that course. they're just asking yeah. him questions from. So they end up going upstairs. 
And this is where Frank uh, has now told Carol that Cody is coming over. And uh, Carol, at this point, reminds Frank that this Saturday is their one-month anniversary. And Frank's like, well, what do we do on a one-month anniversary? Do we, like, get gifts for each other? And she's like, oh, no, that's not important. We are each other's best gift, is what she says. I mean, it's just a one-month anniversary anyway. Yeah. Um, And then we get creepy Frank, who says, uh, well, I can't wait to unwrap my gift, and just starts making out with her in the kitchen. (laughs) Frank. Frank. Um, So after that, we go to a scene with Penny. Um, She's following Carol in uh, to the living room. Carol's got a big bag, and uh, she shows Penny that she has bought Frank this, uh, what they call is a really beautiful, nice jacket, but it looks like it's just like a Walmart, like Carhartt. Oh, I thought, it looked, I thought it looked nice. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I did. Apparently, it's a nice jacket. So, uh, yeah, she got him. Carhartts are nice jackets. I want a, I want any of the Carhartt. I mean, you can have mine if you want it. Um, so, mm. what? No, I appreciate the offer. So she got him this jacket, obviously, for their one-month anniversary. And we know right. that Frank, I mean, she, he's not going to get her anything. She told him not to get anything. So Right, right, right. She's now, uh, the two of them are expecting him to get something, though. They're like, oh, well, he's going to do it. He's the romantic type. He's going to get something. And, I don't uh, know why they would think that. I don't know either, but... Uh, like, why would they think he's the romantic type? Frank uh, has told Carol, or tells her here, though, hey... I got to go downtown. I'm picking up a new power saw. And Carol and Penny are like chuckling because they think that this is just code for, hey, I'm going downtown to buy you a one month anniversary present. Right. <laughs> so um, they go into the kitchen and this is where they're startled because someone is reaching into their refrigerator and we find out it is Cody. He's there. Um, and if you don't remember Cody, he's kind of like a goofer stoner type. Like, uh, he's like, he's got like that, <laughs> like laugh and everything. His and, chuckle, uh, man. His chuckle is so good. Like I was trying to, I can't do it. I, I, and neither could, neither could, uh, Suzanne Summers, but his it, chuckle is. It reminds classic. me of like Spicoli from like, uh, not Days and Confused. What movie is Spicoli from? Uh, Fast Times Original Fast, High. That's what, he kind of reminds me of that like type of character. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So um, he's in the kitchen because uh, he needs to run some power out to his van. And uh, at this point, too, JT comes in. And uh, I think this is the first time JT's seen Cody since he got there. And they're talking right. and uh, talking about babes and stuff. And Cody's like, oh, yeah, well, I can get any girl. And JT's like, well... I know a girl that would never go out with you. And then they make a $20 bet here that there's no way that Cody could ever get a date with Dana. Well, but in fairness, JT, Cody doesn't know that it's Dana yet. JT has just said, I've got, a, I've got someone in yeah, mind. Yeah. I bet you $20. And Cody is just like, it doesn't matter who it is. I can convince him. And that's when Karen walks in and Cody's like, oh, this must be the person you're talking about. And JT's like, no, 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 that's not her. So uh, we then go to a scene a little later in the kitchen. Uh, JT, well, Cody. But, well, well, I'm sorry, ahead. real quick. I'll, let's finish that out because then Dana comes in and says she burned JT's jacket because it was just sitting on the floor. And that's when JT says, that's who I want you to okay. date with. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah, after that, then we're in the kitchen with JT and Cody again. It's a little later. Um, Cody is now trying some of his pickup lines on Dana. I think the, even the same one that he used on Karen like uh, in the scene before. Yeah. Yeah, have you ever modeled before? I also liked here that Cody is looking at a glass and he's just amazed by glass and that it's clear. He's like, how do they make it see-through? 
yeah it made me think of magnets and and juggalos but it was it was it was a good little little scene um so yeah she's not falling for any of these lines like no, nothing has nothing to do with Dana. this and uh he ends up like asking her out on a date she laughs leaves the room and then uh JT wants his 20 bucks like right away but Cody is not giving up yet he still thinks that he can figure this girl out and get a date with her yeah he's just getting started this is just the the preliminary rounds so into the living room, um, Carol is uh, wrapping up this gift that she got for Frank. Uh, Frank gets home. They have to hide the gift. And uh, well, no, they hide, they hid the gift earlier. But this is like head, uh, yeah. she kind of like has it in the back corner when he comes in. And she uh, then reveals this gift that she has gotten for him. He opens it, discovers it's this brand new jacket, which he loves. But he's like, I don't didn't get you anything because you told me not to and uh well carol when he upset. walks in he when he walks in though he has what looks like oh, a nice right. gift bag in his hand so carol i mean carol's assuming the whole time that he's buying her a gift but she even more so assumes that that bag is the gift that she bought or he bought for her yeah and she's like well what's in the bag and he's like a uh, power saw and she's like a power, a saw. power saw huh and then she like goes and opens it and it's a power saw so it's a power saw she's upset um Go back to the kitchen. Uh, Cody's coming into the kitchen. Well, they have a conversation here real quick. Frank and Carol about how... Communication and stuff. Yeah, like she's like, well, that that conversation is a little bit later. But this one is the the, like the genesis of the kind of the fight where Carol's upset and Frank's like, I I don't understand what's going on. You told me that you didn't, we didn't need to buy gifts. And she's like, you you didn't understand. You should have, you should have known that even though I said you shouldn't buy me a gift that you actually should have bought me a gift. And that's kind of where this this little fight starts between the two of them okay so uh to the kitchen cody's there and he uh starts playing his electric guitar on his amp and, well dana's uh, there dana's reading a book and cody busts in the back door with his guitar and starts playing this song and the song is literally dana 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 <laughs> that's the only word she's come up with so far <laughs> And uh, she tells Cody that if she had the choice of dating him or putting out oil wells, uh, she would with her tongue, she said, flaming, flaming oil wells on fire, that she would be on the next plane to Kuwait. And uh, Kuwait. that was a real good like Middle East desert storm reference that they snuck in there. Yeah. Um, and then I don't I didn't write anything else for that scene. That was kind of like the end of that scene. Like, That's he it. Says yeah, that. She like walks off and he's like, I got to work more on the song, I think. So we go into the salon now. Um, I. Ivy, right? Ivy, Ivy, Mom. Penny, Carol, they're all up in there. They're uh, talking about Frank and uh, him not getting the gift for the anniversary. And then Frank comes in and he tries to apologize, but Carol is still mad about the whole situation. And uh, she, I think she ends up walking off and leaving like Penny and Frank alone in there after their yeah, kind of, like, yeah. argument that they have. So She's basically like, like this is just who you are. I'm going to have to accept it. You know, I'm just going to have to learn how to live with this. And obviously, like you said, she's she's upset. That's not a resolution. That's her just being kind of like, you know, upset yeah. about it. So Frank and Penny are left behind. And Penny's like, Frank, you now you have to do something really special for Carol because that's the only way that this is, you're going to make this right. Right. So from there, uh, we go to Dana and Karen um, in the kitchen. I don't remember what room they're in. Probably not that important. But they're talking about Cody. Like, uh, I think they're in the den, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so they're talking about Cody, and Karen tells Dana about the bet that JT and Cody made. And uh, this is the first time Karen knows about that. And, of course, she's mad at JT because she doesn't want JT making money off of her. 
Well, the thing too, what happens here is Dana is kind of like just talking about how gross and how awful Cody is. And Karen's like, I don't know. I like him. I think he's, he's cute. cute. I, I like him. Yeah. And that's when, that's when Dana or Karen's like, he, you know, he's only asking you out because of the money and which leads to what you said. Um, so then we go in the kitchen, Al and Brendan are still uh, baseball quizzing Mark and uh, he's still getting every question right until Brendan tries one more question which is, why do they call it an inning? I mean, it's outside. Why isn't it called an outing? And for the first time, they have stumped Mark. Mark does not know the answer to this question. And uh, both Brendan and Al are very excited about this. Yeah. I don't know. Do you know? Do you have any idea? I don't know. I didn't look it up or anything, like why it's called an inning. I'm sure now that we have Google, it's probably really easy to find the answer. I'm looking at it now, and I'm still not sure if I really understand. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Because you get three outs. Going right, I don't know, man. The Google, the Wikipedia page isn't very helpful. Did you ask Jeeves? Because <laughs> it's 1991. Yeah, <laughs> no, I didn't. Let me let me go to Yahoo Yahoo search. All right, while you're doing that, um, okay. the kids go upstairs, and then uh, we go to a scene where Frank has Carol blindfolded and uh. He walks them into walks her into the salon, which he has decorated to make it look like Jamaica, where they met, where they had their wedding. Um, he unblindfolds her. She loves it. She thinks it's the most romantic thing. Um, they call for a waiter, and of course, JT is the waiter. Comes in. Um, he looks upset about having to be dressed up like well, an, yeah, I- he was an island boy, is what she calls him. And uh, she he sits them at a table. Um, Carol's still loving the whole situation, and. Uh, Frank kind of explains himself like about the confusion and this is where they kind of have like a brief conversation about like needing to be more clear and uh, Frank promises Carol that he's going to be more romantic in the future. Yeah, exactly. It's that classic like I need to know what you're I need I need you to tell me what you mean and her and him to also be like take it upon yourself sometimes to to go the extra mile. Any update on anything or no? Yeah, so evidently it comes from the old English word Inung, I N N U N G, Inung. I guess okay. I could say that. I'm not quite sure. Which meant meant to to get within, put or bring in, and it was intended to mean like it is your turn to play. So you're being put in now to play. I'm good. I'm good with that. That's according to SB Nation. I don't know. I mean, they're sports they're sports website, but I don't know if they're like linguist or not. I'll go with it. So then we go sure. to the kitchen. Um, Dana's in there, and uh, Island Boy JT's in there, and Dana is telling JT, um, guess where I just came back from? I just came back from a date with Cody. (laughs) She got him. And uh, Dana tells JT to uh, give Cody the $20, and then Cody's, like, dumbfounded, like, how did you know about that? And, like, um, Cody doesn't even want the money, though. He's like, I think I'm in love. Yeah, he had a great time. He rejects the money, which makes which makes Dana really mad because the whole intent was for her to have JT lose that 20 bucks. And since he won't take it, she, he is not going to lose the 20 bucks. And, uh, this even encourages, uh, Cody to make another line in his song. So now we've got Dana, 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 you're driving me insane. And that's all he's got right now. So, uh, seven seasons later, it'll be a full like rock epic. Yep. JT goes back in to, uh, take, his parents, I guess parents, uh, sure, like parents. Uh, the drinks that he has gotten for him. 
And uh, you see him just kind of like open the door from the kitchen. He's like, whoa, lock the door, which we got <laughs> some more creepy Frank going. And then that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. Yep. So uh, that I'm was glad all- Cody. I like Cody a lot. I'm glad he's around. Yeah, so. of course. Um, hopefully he's back sooner than later, too. I would almost argue that in the 10 years of Steph- or of uh, TGF that Cody is one of the most memorable and liked characters of any show. Wow, that's pretty big. I would I would I think that that's I think that's a fair assessment. Hmm. I mean, I don't he's no Urkel, he's you know, but I think he's up there. I think he's definitely in the Kimmy Gibbler realm, the the show. Oh, with like with Sean like a Hunter. second character, second like not like a Just, main character. Cuz those but those characters typically be are typically the ones that people really gravitate to, right? Those are the ones that that are not the normal run of the mill like family members people tend to like the like secondary neighbors and the kind of oddball wacky characters yeah, do you remember uh james from baby talk is he up there for you <laughs> james from it was that oh uh, no no i don't remember any of baby talk though i was like who's james uh, and then i remember you're talking about scott Bayo. so no no i don't all right so that's okay I, pretty- I can't even i can't even remember george clooney's character's name was it james point. too i feel like it was so close like gems yeah. or something all right, so uh, that's it for new episodes this week. Uh, we did decide to watch an episode of Dinosaurs as well. Um, yep. And Disney says this is season two, episode seven, which if you're following like the actual seasons, it's not that. But uh, the important thing is the name of the episode is Fran Live. That's the name of the episode if you want to watch and follow along. Fran Live, yeah. I'm, I'll find out what the actual episode is as we start getting into this. Cool. So uh, it starts off uh, after the theme. We've got uh, the family. I think it's just Carl or Earl and uh, Robbie and Charlene. It's everybody. Maybe. Is everyone? They're all there. there. It's everyone's up there. But Fran's in the back, like ironing while the rest of them are watching the TV. So I think they talk about like uh, some like upgraded cable package or something. Like Earl's got a whole bunch of new channels yeah. or something on the TV. And yep. they're kind of like flipping through, like watching little parts of a bunch of different shows. They watch uh, Dirty Dare, which is like Double Dare. And then um, they go to like a channel where it's the hat channel and just gotcha. selling or talking about hats. Um, and then uh, they go to another channel, which uh, you see the uh, the phone number for, which is 1-100-I-LISTEN. And uh, it's like... An advice just type thing, but the guy no, doesn't no, no. give any advice. He's just yeah, listening to your problems and then says, all right, great. Thanks for calling. Yep. Yeah. Just listening with Frank is the name of the show. And yeah, no advice. Just listening. And then I wrote one 100 by this, but I think that was right. a different channel, right? Right. They switched to a different channel called, uh, and the show on that is I'd rather die than be without this. And the <laughs> the the phone number is 1-800-BY, or 1100 buy this and then Fran says hey turn back I want to see that other show the the just listening show so they switch back to just listening with Frank yep and so, just so we're just we're on the same page season two episode 14 okay Fran love so we go to uh back on this other channel the TV um the I think Fran is feeding baby at this point too and oh no no mm. we go they, we go they, into they the, kitchen, the kitchen later. and she's still yeah. watching the same channel while she's feeding the baby and uh she decides that she's gonna call this uh, this I listen. Is that the name of the show? Just just listening. Is just listening with Frank. Yeah, and because she's saying she's like this host isn't doing anything. Like there's more opportunity here that needs to happen. Yeah. So she calls up, gives her opinion, like what he needs to do, like give some advice while you're doing it, and he tries to hang up on her because he listened to what she said, and then uh, <laughs> the producer of the show actually jumps in and says. Hey, uh, I think you got something going on there. Um, I think you got a good idea. And they end up, he like wants her to come in and like wants to hire her for a new show. 
Yeah, and is- the, the producer, the producer is Jerry Valentine, who was played by Tony Shalhoub. Okay. In case anyone, anyone's interested, Tony Shalhoub. So then on. we go right to this new show. Fancy. It's called Just Advising with Fran. They've actually taken the old sign of just listening and like crossed out words to change it to the new show. And uh, she starts right in taking calls. Yeah, jumps right in. Yep, and uh, the produce you see the producer in the background, like he's loving it. He thinks it's a great idea, and uh, the show, like people are even watching it at uh, at Earl's job site now, and uh, they're asking him, "Hey, isn't that your wife?" And he's like, "Oh no, it's not her," because they're <laughs> they're giving him a hard time about his wife actually having a job now. Like it's a big deal, right? And we've seen this before. This was very similar to what happened with uh, Monica DeVertebrae, who, who plays a big part of this of this episode. But it's that same kind. Like they're really digging in on Earl because Fran is working, and now he is not not the breadwinner. Which again is part of that TGIF writers' room. Pick a card off the wall with family what happened. matters, right? Family matters, yeah. Because uh, with Murtaugh giving him a hard time about uh, exactly, yeah, yep. So uh, yeah, they're making fun of Earl, um, and then we go back to the house. So we're back there. Monica's there. She's actually watching uh, Baby now because uh, Earl is at his job and Fran's got her job now. So they've got a babysitter. It's Monica. She's uh, feeding him. Did you notice the? Did you notice the the how they went into the house in this one? And as they like show the exterior for the house, Monica was sticking out the back of it. No, no, her I head. Didn't, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. That. So Monica's head is like in the house, and then her body is sticking out of the house. That's um, when they show the big pan out of the like. Volcano house. I thought it was funny though too how um she goes into the fridge to get a bottle for baby, but since she doesn't have arms, she just has four legs that she just has to right. like, grab it with her mouth. It's pretty funny. Well, um, the 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 creatures like put it in her put mouth. it in her mouth. That's yeah. how she gets it. Yeah. So uh yeah, Earl's upset uh that Fran is gone at this job, and uh the baby even actually says not the Monica and hits hits uh his dad, <laughs> which is good. And then uh I wrote oh. I wrote kids are proud. Does Fran come home at this point? She's not home yet, but they're no. so they Earl's they're just, talking about how kind of like oh. this is bad. We got to convince her not to do this. And the kids are like, no, we're happy for it. We think this is great. Yeah. And uh, Monica says that uh, Fran really needs his support at this point. Like, uh, yeah, he needs to help her out and he needs to be proud of her as well. And uh, that's when she comes home, I think. Right. And uh, she even brought dinner too, like um, like fancy dinner. Yeah, she's gotten some takeout. It's super nice. He says that they can't afford it, and she's like, "Well, you know what? I got an advance on my new job." And she shows him the paycheck, and he looks very excited. He faints. He faints when he sees the paycheck. But I thought it was funny before that when they're like eating the like getting the food ready to eat, and Robbie puts one of the creatures in his mouth, and and Earl's like, "We can't afford this. T- send it back to the." to the restaurant and like he he puts the creature on the creature's like hey can i get my hat and robbie pulls the hat out of his mouth <laughs> that the creature puts it on and like runs out of the kitchen yeah um yeah. so then we go to uh i think are we at roy's oh. house or at the job site here job site where the job where the we say so job site earl shows up and he's got like all plaid like canadian tuxedo style head to toe with like a plaid plaid hat and a plaid tie and like fancy sunglasses yeah. the whole deal and uh what I right here now he's flaunting her what is that oh success yeah, he's, he's, right right yeah um and then the boss calls in earl and uh his he the what's the boss's name mr richfield is that right richfield yeah richfield calls him in and exactly. says that uh my my wife loves the show and uh he advises though that earl needs to be careful because if fran makes more money than him she's gonna want more input and like make make more decisions 
Well, and what he also says, though, he's like, my wife loves it. I hate it. Your wife's show is putting ideas in my wife's head, and I don't like my wife having ideas in her head. So you got to get her off of TV. And then he goes, also gives a spiel about how if she makes more money, she's going to want more more control. So then we go back to the house. Um, Fran gets home, and she's now asking, instead of bringing home food, she's asking uh, Earl, well, is dinner ready? Like, what have you done? Why haven't you been picking up? And uh, she's like, why don't you go pick up something? And she gives him some money. And uh, Earl at this point mentions that he wants her to quit this job. He doesn't want her on TV right. anymore. He wants her back into the role that he is used to in the house. Right, right. Which uh, does not look like it is going to sit very well with Fran. Yeah, and they don't really dig into this very much. He kind of just like says that, and it, it, there wasn't really much of a conversation about it. Yeah, so later um, she's gone. she goes back to the TV show, and uh, she's actually now indirectly calling out Earl for like the things that he said and like the feelings that he has of her having a job and working. She is, but she's also being very understanding at the same time. Like she's like calling him out for him being mad that she has a job, but she's also like, I also now kind of understand the stress and what he has to go through, what people who have jobs every day, that what they're going through. And I can kind of understand what, not what he, why he said, or what he's saying, but why he's kind of just frustrated with the situation. So she's just kind of playing, but being like really di- diplomatic about it. Yeah. And uh, while she, or like after she gives like this speech about like roles and like of the family and things like that, uh, Frank, who used to uh, have the just listening show, he calls in and uh, the producer actually jumps in and like gives him an idea that he uh, should come back, host a new show where instead we bring some couples on and like they just throw stuff at each other. Well, Frank, that's Frank's idea. Frank says, hey, you know what? This could go even further. We could have couples on in person and have them throw stuff at each other to resolve their conflicts. Jerry Valentine, the producer, jumps in front of the camera and says, that's a great idea, Frank. Um, and then, you know, obviously this is leading to the same situation that happened to Frank the first time with, with Frank taking his job. Also reminded me of the, I guess, unfortunate demise, but 30th anniversary of the Jerry Springer show. That recently, yeah. Did we talk about the? Was that this week or last, last week? Last week's news article. That's one of the reasons I picked it out because uh, I knew we were going to be watching this, and uh, yeah, very Springer esque right there. And very, very. I don't know if they just knew that that was going to be coming on, or if there was another show that was kind of like Jerry Springer, maybe at the time. Probably that like already started. Geraldo or yeah, something. I don't know. I mean, Jerry Springer is definitely the one you think of when you think of like people throwing stuff. Well, because they took it, they took it to the next level. Yeah. Like that was really they took it to the extreme. Um, yeah. So where do we go from here? Uh, so, so basically what happened? So, so Jerry steps in, likes Frank's idea. And then you, we come back to the house and Robbie is there. He's, he's pouring spoiled milk. Charlene is mad that none of her laundry is getting done. Basically the, the effects of not having someone there to take care of them is starting to show. Um, so they start fighting about it and they are on now on the side of Earl where they want mom to leave the job and come back to the house. Yeah, and Earl tells them that uh, they just need to let her mom, let their mom do the job. Like um, this is what she needs to be doing. And baby saying that she want that he wants mama to. And then Earl turns on the TV, and we find out that she has actually been replaced with Frank, who is now hosting the new show, Just Throwing with Frank. Yep, it's Just Throwing with Frank. Um, and then Fran comes home. She tells Earl that she actually quit the job. Um, uh, I think she says she quit, right? I know she says she, she did. Was yeah, she says she, she quit because they wanted her to have, they wanted her to be like more edgy and do the throwing stuff, and she didn't want to do that. 
So Earl's happy. Uh, Fran says, uh, like you said, that they want her to have more edge. And uh, everyone's glad that she's back. And they give her an apron and the laundry and put her right back into the job as the uh, housewife that she was before. Yep, but Fran says no. Fran says she enjoyed working and she's going to go look for another job. Yep, and she says uh, that everyone needs to be happy. And uh, she offers to cook dinner. And then... uh, I think she says, like, I'll show you how to do things around the kitchen or something like that to Earl. Well, she starts to set up a situation where she's like, you know, when the kids are asleep, we'll turn the lights down low and you can come in here and I'll show you how to use the kitchen. She makes it sound like uh, it's going to be more of a sexual thing, you know, mating dance situation where, in fact, it's a it's a learn teach you how to cook situation. So that's the new episode. That's dinosaurs for this week. I don't know if when we that's rank dinosaurs. them, if we should include dinosaurs. I mean, we did watch it this week. It just didn't air this week. Uh, I don't care. We can do either way. Yeah, put it in there, I guess. Um, I'm going to put it at number three anyways. I thought it was just, there was a lot of pieces of it that have been used before. I thought it was kind of just a little bit repetitive for a dinosaurs episode. Uh, the other two, though, I think I liked Step by Step 2 and Family Matters at oh, 1. Oh, man, we're so different again. I'm putting yeah? uh, Family Matters at 3. Um, I just didn't think there was much to the episode. Like, it felt like it that, just like, That scene where he's like getting pushed back in to his mom though it's hilarious that's hilarious and, and the newspaper part and the hilarious. opening scene and the opening scene is hilarious yeah the newspaper part's great it's just like the whole hypnotizing part was the entire episode though and like yeah. it just didn't seem like there was much to it say so, yeah, i have family matters at three i have dinosaurs at two and then i've step by step at one uh, i mean it's the <sighs> premiere of cody you're right get, you're you know you're right i didn't i didn't think about that you're right Oof, i don't know that makes it tough they're all good. Though. I, I'm, good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change mine and do Dinosaurs Family Matters step by step. Okay, cool. Um, all right. So yeah, that's it this week. Do you know what we have coming up next week? I know. Uh... Yeah, next week's a full week, okay. so we will be doing the the full the full gamut. Uh, so Family Matters season three episode five, step by step season one episode five. Steve's favorite situation where this is not going to line up now uh. ever again. Perfect Strangers Season 7, Episode 4, and Baby Talk Season 2, Episode 4. Yeah, make sure you're following us on all social media at TGIFCast. Thanks to Nicole for the theme song this week. Yes, thank you. Make sure, uh, if you have your own version of the theme song, you go ahead and email it to us as soon as you can, so that way we can get it on the show, TGIFCast at gmail.com. And uh, follow us on YouTube, too. We might have some new interviews coming up. So uh, just search yeah. on YouTube, two guys in Fridays, and you can uh, watch it right there. Yeah, and Steve, I hope you have fun in the future, your future trip to Vegas, your your last few days having been in Vegas. And the yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure I'm having a great Vegas? time right now. Past, present, and future fun in Vegas. Yeah. So, all right, man, have a good week. You got it, dude. It's Friday night, and the mood is right. Gonna have some fun, show you how it's done, DGIF. TBA podcast.